It is Tuesday, July 18th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 19 of This Ain't Iowa, Volume 2. right intro by jack shit everybody just in case you've forgotten does he still go by jack shit tony or is he has he reworked that i don't know when you get him on because you are the booker for this show uh i would mm-hmm. recommend you actually uh find out what he what he wants to go by which one of his 84 different identities he wants to go with whether he wants to go with his cia persona his uh, fbi his um Tax Revenue Office persona, he's got so many. And they're not just musically related. He's got a journalism persona and he's got music. And, oh, the man is... I think we, I think we do. I mean, yeah, we need to talk to this guy. Yeah. We need to talk to this guy because uh, he has been one of the more interesting people uh, ever associated with the show. However, you can also speak to this as someone who heard him when he was on the show for some reason... As interesting as he is and as much like things as he's done, the guy is a miserable podcast host. He just (laughs) granted this was 10 years ago. Maybe he's better now that he's been out, you know, in the entertainment industry for a while. But he was horrendous and I couldn't figure out why he's so fucking interesting. Well, I can tell you why. And we've seen this with I can give you at least three examples that come straight to the top of my head. Um. Jack, Tommy, and Bob in Vegas, or Bob in yeah. wherever he is now, they think they lead normal lives, and this is the issue. What we see as unique stories, as interesting stories, they see as genuine everyday activities. It's normal shit. Yep. Yeah. And that is the problem. These are, these are guys that live outside the norms of society that we find fascinating, but they just don't see it. Yeah, and it's interesting. I actually, I want to mention, we've already mentioned uh, uh, Jack, and I, and I wanted to mention both of those other two guys on today's show as well. But first, let me just say, hey, congratulations, motherfuckers, because you're getting an early show. That's right, we're recording a day early, and why? Because Tony lives in one of those socialist countries, and he's not going to have power tomorrow. And he's just going to deal with it like a snowflake cuck. <laughs> so we're doing this earlier. That shit would never fly in America. I know I said that last time, but I just really want to specify that there's no way. Like we would storm the Capitol if we were told well in advance that we would have to go 24 hours without power. Well, it doesn't take much to storm a Capitol, let's be honest. No. No. Um, but, yeah, it, they're doing infrastructure work, shock horror, occasionally. You need to turn mm. off power lines to put in new power poles. Simple as that. We don't do that either. No, we don't do that either. We just let shit get old and then <laughs> the c- catastrophes happen. Um, I, uh, you know, you mentioned Bob, and I have to say, I, I want to do a little Bob recap. I really loved 
talking to Bob. Now, I agree with you. He's a, he's a strange guy to talk to because his life is his life. And he doesn't understand why maybe other people might think the stuff that he does in his life is perhaps a little bit odd or uh, outside of uh, the norm. Um, but he's like, I already want to have him back because I thought of like 30 more questions within the next 24 hours. It was so interesting to me. Like one of the things that I thought of, and I'm just going to ask you this, just, just what do you think? Do you think he's always like, at some point he had to start this journey, right? With, uh, with women of the night, professional yep. ladies. Do you think like it started with maybe some uh, you know, questionable decisions where he went to a brothel or picked up a streetwalker and then, you know, he figured out, oh, man, uh, I, I think I got rolled. I think I got taken advantage of. And then he turned into this. Or do you think from fucking day one, he was this dude? Come on, you know, Bob, this is not a guy who flies by the seat of his pants. The, he is yeah. methodical. He is analytical with his prostitutes. Let's be clear about that. He is extremely analytical. Mm -hmm. Um I don't think he's ever under-researched his way into a dodgy situation. Have dodgy situations cropped up? Yes. But I mm -hmm. think he has always gone in with his eyes fully open, fully researched, almost like having his own rubric with his, his needs and his wants and potential downsides. I don't think he's ever just flown by the seat of his pants um, like other people do. I, I mm -hmm. don't think... That's the way he looks at it. I think for him, it's it's much more thought out. It's just so weird to hear him talk about it. And granted, like he and I have had very different experiences, right? Like I my my entire adult life, I've been in in sort of two very long term relationships with just sort of a very small break in between to kind of date around and stuff. And then he has sort of been in this lifestyle for, by all accounts, a while. And, you know, this has been more of his experience as an adult. So I can't, like, I can't see things from his perspective any more than he could see things from mine. But to hear him talk about it the same way, like, my wife would talk about buying a new shower head is crazy. He's, he's like, now he's comparing prices. He's reading reviews. He doesn't want to get ripped off. He doesn't want a lemon. Like it's, it's to me, that is nuts. But at the same time, if you can take the emotion out of it, it is, I mean, it is a financial transaction and you just kind of want to get the best value for your money, like anything else you're paying for. So is he right and I'm crazy or vice versa? Like, I can't, I've thought about this a lot. Like, this has consumed my fucking week, has I, been that interview with Bob in Vegas. It has haunted me. Now, just keep this in mind. I actually think he's ahead of his time because you look at most <laughs> okay. modern pur purchases that we make. Back in the day, say, for example, even with major purchases, you go in, you buy a house. I mean, buy a car. You just arrive at the dealership, you have to implicitly trust the car salesman. You've got no other okay. resource. You don't have an internet. You don't have people putting their opinions on these cars out there where you can get them, whether it be social media or even your friends group is more extended now. Now when you go out and buy a product, you're going in a lot more with your eyes open, a lot more methodical. He's actually chosen to do this in an industry 
where a lot of people don't do that, where a lot of people do trust the car salesman for this industry. Yeah. They just buy that shiny red hot rod, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> looks so good. I and, want it. And yeah. we'll tell you that that'll get you into trouble. Fuck. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's got it right. Maybe I've got it wrong and he's got it right. I will, I will admit to that, but it just listening to him talk about it is, is just seems crazy. Well, now my but, question to you is what's more crazy to you? The way Bob in Vegas goes about getting women or the whole new dating app world? You know, I don't know. Um, I, that, that's sort of, uh, that I, I've never really been a part of that world. Even when I was single there for a little bit, I, uh, I did what was known as online dating. It required a laptop at the time because apps were not, uh, couldn't you uh, use your, you know, your phone with its, uh, with its numbers, with three letters for each number. And, you know, listen, I had that fucking, I had that slide phone for well past the point where uh, a slide phone was. We all know you used your slide phone on Twitter back before uh, you oh, all owned it. Big time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a razor and still thought it was pretty fucking cool. Again, well beyond. Like the iPhone had been invented and I still had a razor. So, so I don't know. I mean, that sounds kind of wild to me as well. But uh, I mean, I guess in a lot, if you, all right, if you compare it that way, like, okay, app dating to, you know, Bob re- well-researching and paying for more physical activity. I think you could make the argument that Bob's got it right. Yep. Like, he has the better method because he knows what he's getting. There's no bullshit. No one's lying to each other. No one's trying to present themselves as anything other than what they really are. So you might make that argument that, yeah, he's fucking nailed it. He's got it right. Oh. I, I think there are pros and cons to it. I think part of like normal human relationships is wanting a bit of that mystery and a, a little bit of that intrigue and a little bit of that give and take. Am I going to get shafted by this person? I think people want that in their lives. I don't think people want straightforward dating experiences. I, I'm sure you're not well, going now- to stay with a person that does that. Don't get me wrong. But I think that's part of the, the sort of sorting through the nonsense. Well, now here's the real question. Now we have talked to, it seems like everyone we've had as a guest on this show has been real questionable so far. Uh, you got, I mean, you got Patch and Kenny for all of their nonsense. They've, they've been with the same people for a long time. They got jobs, they got mortgages, like it. They got kids, Viagra. Uh, yeah, they're, they're taking pills. All of that seems super normal in quotation marks to the TAI world. But then you, we know we, when you're talking about the spoons, phobes, randos of the world who have kind of just decided, you know what? Listen, I've tried relationships uh, on some level or another to various you know degrees. Uh, right now, I just I'm living the life that I want to live. I can't imagine changing or adapting in any way to accommodate a romantic partner. So I'm just not going to bother. What is weirder that or Bob, who does that, but also pays somewhere between two hundred and fifty and five hundred dollars a week uh, for uh, you know when he can get it for for sex with uh, with a lady. I don't know. I think that's really a personal choice because if if yeah, who's to say if if Phobes wasn't as upwardly mobile as Bob that he wouldn't indulge in that? I don't think Phobes has got that money to throw around. Uh, I don't know whether he's got the money to pay rent, so I, I doubt he's got the money to pay a lady. Um, 
And I think it really becomes a personal choice, again, where you want to spend your budget. Like, Patch and Kenny love to go out to the theatre and watch a movie. Most of us these days, we don't do that because that's just not what we want to do with our budget. I think it's purely what you want to do with your money. And especially for Bob, that's that's a choice he makes. I think it's, I think for most single people that are open-minded, an occasional spend wouldn't wouldn't be something the out of the ordinary that they wouldn't consider. But a weekly purchase, I don't know whether many people would be up for that. No, but it is, I, I, I also think it's one of those things that seems, again, for somebody who's never like directly paid for sex, it seems like kind of a crazy, weird thought. But once you break that seal, right? Like once it becomes just part, like once you've done it once, maybe twice, at that point, it doesn't feel weird anymore. And it's just like buying any of the other bullshit that anybody else buys. Like, I mean, I listen, when I say that this has consumed my thoughts for a week, I'm not joking. I've thought about this shit from every angle. And uh, and, and yeah, some like I've, I've had a whole scenario where I'm like, Bob's got it fucking figured out. He's he's got his own life. He's I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not going to uh, lie. I don't have sex once a week, usually. You know what I mean? Like uh, things have to, everything's got to break right for me. This guy has sex once a week, plus doesn't have to put up with any other, like, you know, uncomfortableness that comes with being in a relationship. Like he's eliminated all that. He's living the life that he wants to live on his own terms, like uh, a spoon phobes rando. And then he's also mixed in this thing. Where he's also having, you know, vaginal coitus, as Troy would say, <laughs> once a week as well, which you know is is is, uh, you know, pretty good by uh, by standards of people in in that age group. So I don't know, man. Like maybe this guy's fucking nailed it. Maybe that's the solution. Maybe he has. But again, you 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 look back at somebody like Troy, um, who could have lived a similar lifestyle to Bob, but for whatever reason, it never connected with him. Even once he tried it. Once or twice or or three times, it wasn't Just a really, couple of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it never became a regular thing for him. But he um, wasn't going to do this kind of work. Like he, for him, he was such a weird, like by the book guy. The only way, if you recall, the only way he was ever going to do it is if we traveled to a place where true. it was a hundred percent legal and had it on their terms. Like he was never going to, he was never going to fucking research. If he was on his computer, he wasn't going to spend that time going through Yelp reviews of prostitutes. He was going to be video gaming or looking at porn, Futanari porn. And that's it. He wasn't going to be researching, uh, fucking prostitute reviews. So that was never going to be for him. So for him, it was a lot like you, you got to travel, you're driving, you got to, you know, hope that there was a girl in the lineup that you liked. It just, it all seems like, I don't know. It all seems like a lot. Well, it is a lot of work. And that's the other thing I don't think people credit Bob for actually doing is the amount of legwork that he actually does. It's a lot. And it's serious legwork. This is like he, when he was talking about that party and why um, it wasn't everything that you would think it would crack up to be. It's like, yeah, you're bringing all these out of towners, not just the clientele, but also the girls. And and for him, that had many downsides. He didn't want those in it for the quick buck. 
And that's why I asked, that's why I compared him to Dexter. I'm not saying that he's a serial killer, although where are all these prostitutes? But uh, like, it, it, you know, you almost consider it like, like in that same vein or like, a, a, I hate to keep comparing him to like people that are breaking laws, but like, like, a, like a heroin addict, like getting the fix is part of the deal. You wake up that morning and you're like, okay, I have to figure out how I'm going to get it. Where's the money going to come from? Where am I going to find it? And all of that feeds into, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the thing, right. That, that helps that that's part of it. If it was just sitting there all the time, it wouldn't like have the same thrill. It wouldn't have the same feeling. So that's why I asked him specifically is finding it. And he admitted that it was. And, uh, and listen, this world is fucking crazy and it's difficult and we all are just trying to get through it. If, if it makes him happy to get on there and research and, and, and you know, uh, DM and, and fucking, you know, set these things up. If all of that makes him happy and then he ends up in a completely, you know, uh, consensual transaction where everybody leaves happy, then great. He's fucking yep. figured it out. He's figured out some some happiness in his life, and I am for that. But it just seems like so much to me. It is. But, like, we, you've often made fun of me for having hobbies. This, to me, <laughs> falls into a genuine hobby. Not just I agree. that hour a week. Everything else around it is a hobby, like a person that's into collector cards. That's what Bob's into. He's, he's, he's working out who he's... he's nine um, certified Lewis Hamilton card is going to be. And And can I be, can I be honest with you? Yeah. If I'm comparing Bob's hobby to Patch's hobby, fucking Bob's hobby is way better. Like at least Bob's fucking at the end of it. Like like (laughs) Patch is, you know, doing Patch is a 50, you know, guy in his early fifties doing card breaks. That seems ridiculous to me. At least Bob's fucking, (laughs) Uh, so like, I mean, if we're getting into the nitty gritty of hobbies, you know, having sex with ladies is a pretty decent hobby. Yeah. Well, where does it compare to stand up comedy? It's better than stand up comedy as well. Um, I mean, financially it's about the same. I mean, what I'm, what I make and what he spends, I'd rather spend than make, uh, what I make. And, uh, uh, yeah, and I don't come at the end of uh, what I do. Uh, although, if I could, that would be an amazing closer. But I, uh, <laughs> I just haven't figured out a way. I haven't figured out a way to do it. Um, anyway, uh, the the point is, uh, I appreciated Bob for being here. He generated a lot of people's, uh, you know, reactions and thoughts. And I, I already am planning on having him back because I just uh, there's there's just more I want to know. And I think you'll agree with me, Tony. I think there was some just I think there was some stuff he just wasn't telling us. <laughs> Just some stuff. <laughs> Just some stuff. Jesus you can't, you can't casually mention that you went to Thanksgiving dinner with a prostitute, uh, you know, and then just, like, leave that there. Like, that's just a, like, again, a super casual, normal thing that folks do. Like, we're, there's more to this story, and we'll we'll get there eventually, but... Uh, my point is, Bob, I had a great time talking to you. I look forward to doing it again. Yes, absolute true gentleman. And still, I'm, I'm, I'm blown about the the gift at the Peppermint Hippo. Spearmint Rhino, sorry, we'll give it its real name because we now know that there's, yeah. there's a nightclub that goes by Peppermint Hippo in Vegas. Um, yeah, I don't want trouble. Yeah. No, um, but, but giving that gift to get access to the tab, 
genius, Bob. Just mind blown. Isn't that also interesting, though? Like, he he is so matter of fact about it. Like, there's no, like, I asked him about, like, tipping, and he's like, no, you don't tip them. You don't give them presents. Like, that's all. That's, like, sucker shit. Like, you know, it costs something. You get something. You pay what it costs. And then that's the whole thing. Like, that seems crazy to me, too, because, again, I'm one of those rubes. That would go to a strip club or, you know, if I were ever to get a prostitute, I know I'd be the guy that would like, you know, try and tip too much because I want this person to like me. Meanwhile, their only job is to get money out of you. I know that as an adult, I have a college degree. I know that she's trying to get money out of me. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm no rube. And then the second I get a boner, I'm like, take off my money. It's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, but he's got it. Now, I actually think this is one industry where you shouldn't tip. Uh, it's, yeah. it's just my view. I think they should be building in enough margin um, in their prices to not need to tip. And I think the only reason you should tip is if you're an absolute freak and do something completely out of their comfort zone <laughs> and it should be an apology. I'm with Bob there. I don't think you need to tip. If they're going to have to go home and wash their G-string because you had an accident, uh, you should give them a couple of extra bucks. You know what? This is actually very – it's interesting that you mentioned this because written down on my uh, on my little uh, sheet of things to talk about was uh, it's a revisit to a Tommy Dutch, a classic Tommy Dutch um, bit. Now, you will remember this, I'm sure. So it shouldn't surprise anyone that throughout the course of TAI, the majority of the topics that are brought to the table are my idea. Like I, I'm, I think of things that to at least start a conversation and then hopefully they spark something and, and whoever I'm talking to takes it into brilliant situations. I think Troy did a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of research, always came on willing with a whole yeah. bunch of ideas. Troy was yeah, that just was that guy. <laughs> Yeah, willing is the great word that you chose there. But uh, uh, this was actually even true in the early days, in the Tommy Dutch days. So there was a time early on when Tommy Dutch said, and I quote, I want to talk about tipping. And I was just like, I was so caught off guard because I'm like, okay, he had never like brought his, other than like the Vegas news segment, he had never brought a topic to the table before. So I'm like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you want to talk about? And then he followed up with, I don't know. I just feel like people should tip. That was the segment. That was the whole segment. Um, But you know what? I wanted to bring that back around because it has now been, I don't know, maybe 15 years uh, since he brought the tipping segment. And the world has changed. And I got to tell you something, Tony. I think tipping has lost its fucking mind. Yes, we have gotten we have gotten to a point where, like, I am like, the second debit, the second cash kind of got taken out of the equation. All right, and people didn't use really cash anymore, and they're using their phones or debit cards. I have been asked to tip if somebody swings an iPad in my direction. I know I'm about to be asked to tip some shit that it never occurred to me I would ever have to tip for, and it's gotten. Crazy. It's gotten crazy in America. I will say that. Still over here, we we don't tip on a regular basis. We're starting to see it more with the gig economy, with things like Uber and Uber Eats and Postmates and DoorDash. All those sort of gig 
economy jobs, there's an expectation that you have to pay. But by the same token, we've seen constant rises in minimum wage. Not to say that living in Australia is easy. We have some of the highest costs of any developed nation. Um, But tipping is still not a common practice, even in restaurants, even in high-scale restaurants, certainly not for basic jobs, basic retail, like just any basic job. You go to a coffee, you buy a coffee shop, that should be built into the price of the coffee. You should not have to tip your barista. It's their fucking job. See, now this is where it gets weird, right? So I have always been a believer in tipping as well. I waited tables for a while. When I was a waiter, my my salary was $2.13 an hour, well below sake. minimum well below minimum wage, and the reason they were able to do that is because, you know, they have convinced everybody that like, well, you know, you you know, tips, your most of your money comes from tips, so we can pay you below minimum wage. I don't know what waiters make now, but I would be willing to bet it's not that much more than no, what I was making. Dollar eighty seven now. It's probably gone down. <laughs> in the late nineties everything's gotten up. So like a part of me thinks like, okay, you should tip, but then yeah, where does it, where does it fucking end? So, so in Australia then, so you're not tipping your barista. You're not tipping. If you go to get your haircut, uh, sorry, no offense. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I do go to a barber to get the beard trimmed up and, and the do you, do you, pay, do you tip of, your barber? Fuck no. They have a flat fee. See, flat fee. See, they, that's what they, I'm saying. They like, do an amazing I don't job, know. but they don't expect it. It's not cheap though. It, I'm, I'm and if fine. you ask me to, yeah, and if you ask me to tip, I'll, I'm going to end up tipping. Like I'm not, I don't want to be an asshole. So I, yeah. anytime I'm asked to tip, I do, but like, okay. So a couple of weeks ago I had an issue with the dryer at my house. Right. And so the guy came, comes out and he fixes the dryer and he's like, Hey, no just tip. so you know, like, no, I didn't tip him, but he told me, he's like, listen, just so you know, like you should probably get your vents cleaned out because one of the reasons this thing overheated and burned out is because the, you know, the, 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 whatever, the pipe or whatever, the exhaust thing is, uh, you know, it, it's got a lot of lint and stuff in it. So it get, got hot and burned it out. So I was like, okay. So I called a company and this is what they do. They, like they, they clean out vents, AC vents, dryer vents. This is some real white people shit. Yep. And so I, I called them and I, you know, I had them come out and they gave me an estimate. And by the way, it was astronomical. Like whatever you think it's going to cost to have a vacuum hooked up to your AC vents and have everything cleaned out, it's 10 times more than what you think it's going to be. It was very expensive, right? But this guy came out. He was super nice. He owned his own business. This was his little vent cleaning business. He was there for a while. He was there for like three or four hours. Uh, you know, he cleaned every single vent, both with the vacuum and then kind of went in with like a brush and cleaned stuff out. So, you know, I, I, he did a very good job and I liked this guy a lot. And then he comes and he's like, all right, let's settle up. And so I, you know, I swipe my card and again, it cost a lot of money. And then he handed me the phone and there was an option to tip. Now, I didn't know what to fucking do because 15% of what they were charging is a lot of money. And they were already charging me a lot of money. But again, like, I didn't want to be a fucking dick. Like, nope. is this tip? Be a call? fucking like, dick. So I, you have to so be. So I a- ended he I should said, have just said no tip, yeah. but I tipped because I didn't know what else to do. I felt put on the spot, and this is what's happening everywhere. Again, this this might be a sort of a uniquely American problem, but this is what's happening everywhere. Everywhere you go, if you pay with a card, they fucking flip a tablet your way, and you have to pick 
what what you know how much you want to tip and no tip is somewhere down in a corner and you feel like a real asshole if you hit that and we have gone too far tommy i know what you were talking about 15 years ago when you said people should tip more but we are in another world now and i i really think we need to reel in the tipping yeah well the issue is the lack of not only minimum wage but but lack of sort of uh, compensation for the worker within building prices. And this is why you shouldn't tip this guy. This guy is setting his own prices, which you you said by your own measure was astronomical. If he hasn't built in enough for himself, bad fucking luck in that case. It's different if you are a barista somewhere or even a hairdresser where you're not setting your own prices and you're getting a shit, shitty minimum wage. Hairdressers are a little different again, they're probably setting their own price and then take having to pay a commission to wherever they're, they're cutting hair. But if you're setting your own prices, there is no way in the world that you should be expecting a tip from people. An occasional tip that goes your way because you've done an outstanding job and it was unsolicited, absolutely agree. But if you're running your own business, it's on you to set your own prices to make sure you're not putting your consumers under pressure and trying to guilt them into tips. Because as good a job as that guy does, are you going to go back and think, hey, here's my first port of call to get my, my vent sucked out again? No, because he's essentially done the bait and switch. He's put in a quote, but really that quote is, it's a compulsory 15% more than what he put in and showed you. Yeah, it was uh, it was ridiculous. So I, I'm actually curious. I would love to hear what uh, what folks have to think about sort of the new uh, the new era of, of tipping in this country. Uh, so you can go on the Discord. I would uh, I would love to get your your take on it. Like I said, I've I've always been a person who believed in tipping. My dad was a waiter for a very long time in high end restaurants. I waited tables. I I in theory believe in it, but we've gotten to a place where it has gotten completely out of fucking hand. And, uh, and I don't think we need to be tipping for literally everything. No. And I think it takes away from those people that need tipping to survive, like waitstaff, because of the way that industry is organised. Now, the other thing that we've seen an uptick since the pandemic, and you talk about iPads and charges, is all these extra charges for just days of the week. We charge extra because it's Sunday. We charge extra because we're busy. We charge extra because there's music, even though we don't say there's a cover charge. That's the thing that we're starting to see in Australia that pops on to the end of your docket. It's not so much about tipping, but they're starting to sneak charges in everywhere that they weren't before. Are you starting to see that in America um, where you're getting charged for like air or water that used to be free is now being charged? Not necessarily that specifically, but I, I don't think that everybody, I think now that we've become such a convenience culture, I don't think people realize what they're paying for that. So um, last week I had a, uh, I, I went and I did a show in Kingman, Arizona, right? I mentioned that I was going to go do that show. Uh, it was interesting. I'm not going to talk about it today only because I, uh, uh, I had a buddy uh, uh, join me for that round trip. Uh, I didn't stay there or anything. I just went and came back. And, uh, and I had a buddy. And we, did. we didn't. 
I was uh, I was gonna uh, have him stay at the uh, at the roadway inn where I was offered a room and just uh, have the two of us uh, stay together in a twin bed. But I, I opted to just drive the hour and a half home. Anyway, uh, he 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 came along with me, and it was an interesting show. And uh, and he is actually going to be he's a fellow podcaster, and he's Ooh. actually going to be a guest on he's going to be a guest on our show this week, as he claims he is the star of the beer engine pod. Now, I, listen, I'm I, not here. I'm not here to argue. Um, and just but, a heads uh, anyway. up for anybody that listens to the Beer Engine podcast that also listens to this show. Enjoy me this week on this show because we're taking the week off because apparently he's got real work, whatever the fuck that means in, in another city. So we're taking the week off. You guy. tell him to get his get his priorities in right. order. Yep. Uh, anyway, so I, I'll be when he comes on next month. I will I will talk about that gig because it was certainly interesting. But um, my uh, uh, the the point I was trying to make was uh, while I was gone. So my son uh, was hanging out here. You know, he's fifteen now, so he can kind of stay by himself for long stretches of time. And uh, that is a day that he's usually with me. So I asked him, what do you want to do? Like, I'm probably not going to be home till like, you know, 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. So do you want to just chill here at my place? Uh, or, you know, did you want to, uh, uh, you know, go back to your mom's? Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, okay, you know, uh, whatever. Anyway, this has, this has happened several times, right? Like, you know, now that it's the summer, for example, he's home alone during the days. Yep. And so he will he will say to me, like, even though there is food in the refrigerator, he will always be like, can I just order food? Can I just DoorDash? Can I just Uber Eats? And I'm always like, no, just fucking eat the food in the fridge. And he can't. He always says, like, but there's a promo code. It's free. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not free, motherfucker. Right. So like this, this happened recently where he's like begging me to order some food. And I'm like, OK. I guess you can order some food and he's got, you know, he's got his own money, but something went wrong and he couldn't pay for it himself. So he's like, you know, dad, can you pay for this for me? And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, how much is it? And he says, $49. And I'm like, okay, well, you're a one 15 year old uh, boy. So you explain to me how you are eating $50 worth of food in the middle of the fucking afternoon. Explain and I'm like, where did you order from? Wingstop. So it's wings. He's eating chicken wings, and it's coming to $50. So, of course, I go in there. First of all, he's ordering a, an absurd amount of food, 20 wings. He cannot eat 20 wings. And he's getting fries, and he's got, like, a whatever, the fucking super big gulp of drink. And so I immediately went in and cut half that shit out. But the reality is, even with his promo code... Like, it, it's still, like, a $25 purchase that somehow was going to cost 40-some-odd dollars. Like, and and I used to do this, too. On Friday nights, I have this, like, you know, I, I generally do all the cooking at the house, most of it anyway. And so on Fridays, I'd always be like, I'm not fucking doing it. We're just going to order food. And, like, it was shocking to me how quickly, like, we would just put in an order for food for just our little family, two adults and small kids. And what should have cost maybe $50 was costing 75 to $80 every single week. And I, I finally just stopped doing it. like I, if we order, I go and pick it up. I'm a fucking old grumpy man that drives and picks it up because by the time you get like, you know, whatever the, the, uh, the transaction fee and the tax and the tip and yep. all of that shit rolled in together, you're paying a fucking absurd amount of money for a little bit of convenience and uh, and I actually think that we've again 
this is me being an old dude. Like, I feel like we've gone too far in that direction. Put yourself out a tiny bit <laughs> and, uh, and, and don't, you know, and don't get fucking, you know, uh, involved. Cause but when I was a kid and I don't know if it's the same for you, you called the pizza place and the pizza yep. place had a delivery guy. So you paid, you paid just for the pizza and then you tipped the delivery guy and that makes fucking sense. But now it's a whole other a whole other story. Yeah, well, see, I still live in a small enough town where that's still the case. We don't have DoorDash and, and Uber Eats in our town. That's just not a thing. So um, if you – but it, you were talking about costs. There's building costs there. I think a um, takeaway pizza is like 12 bucks. And a delivery is seventeen bucks, so that's built into the price. There's no tipping the driver. There's no like service fees. There's no extra dollar for free sauce that you would normally get if you just asked for it over the counter. Any of that nonsense. Yeah. And that's where they get you is all the little tick boxes that you find on those those delivery menus. I actually tend to agree. I I kind of. And at first, I, I, I kind of resisted this again, maybe because when I was younger, I was too uh, shortly removed from being a server myself. But like, I actually think this is the right way to go. Fucking pay people a livable wage, build it in, and just eliminate tipping, eliminate the the uncomfortable. Because I've also been on the end of uh, of, of you know uh, as a server of being not tipped yep. at all or tipped poorly. And that act, that hurts tremendously. If you are essentially not making a livable wage and you're living off your tips and some fuckface decides not to tip you for whatever reason, uh, like that, that hurts you significantly. So eliminating tipping and just paying people more is the way to go. I remember when I moved to New York, uh, there was a, like a, just, it was like a Chinese buffet. And I had been to Chinese buffets in Arizona, which as you might imagine, were different. They were, first yeah. of all, Mexicans were cooking, but second of all, like, yeah, it, it, like this, these places were run by actual people from China. And I remember leaving some money on the table to, for the young lady that was like busing plates. And she chased me to the door and gave me the money back. And I was like, no, 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 that's for, it's okay. That's for you. I'm, yep. And she said, no. And she made me take my money back. And it's the nicest thing that anyone has ever done. So, the, I mean, I obviously, I paid her uh, for sex later. But, um, again, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, like, there's something to be said for it. And as we've gotten further and further along in sort of this new fucking tip-crazy culture, that makes more and more sense to me. Because the amount of times that I tip and I'm completely uncomfortable <laughs> With the yep. fact that I'm being asked to tip is uh, is is it's too much. And the other point really is it it's not good for the consumer because not every person that sifts you on a tip is trying to be a dick. You go out, you look at the prices, and you just because you've got to do the sums yourself, you might miscalculate, and maybe you don't have that extra fifteen percent in your budget, and maybe the server did a great job. Maybe because you were taking your kids out for their once a week, once every two weeks meal and you want to treat them well and you've just fucked up, it fucks the consumer over and then you feel guilty because you haven't tipped enough. If it was yeah. just built into the price, it, it makes life a lot easier. I always found it 
uh, really challenging because that 15% wasn't baked into my brain. I knew it was coming and I tried to warn myself every time I went out, it's always going to cost you more than what it says on the paper and to make sure that you had that 15%. And I always went the opposite direction. If I was going to make a mistake, I was going to go over. Mm-hmm. And that right. doesn't always make for a great experience either because you start burning through more cash than what what you need to to, to have a cordial experience. And that's the other thing that I want to talk about. You, you see it in America and especially in Vegas. Everybody's got a fucking specialised role at a basic cafeteria there's servers there's waiters there's drink staff and very rarely do those jobs intermingle you've got to pay your server and you've got to pay your waitress and all these other things in australia wait staff they do everything you need less of them because everybody's willing to pitch in and everybody isn't trying to angle for their own tip and the service while they're not right on you it's not as aggressive as I found it in America because I found everybody in America a little too attentive, always asking how I was doing. Sometimes I just want to fucking eat. <laughs> I like it. You're like, I don't, I'm not I looking for a service this good. I'm not trying. I don't want to tip you to treat me poorly. And it's, it's, um, it's like Bob, if, if he was five minutes into the transaction and she kept asking him how it was going, how's your meal today? Oh, great. Bob doesn't want that. Again, why Bob's right and we're wrong? Listen, I don't know what the future holds for me, but if there's ever a point in my life where I am going down on a lady and she asks me how my meal is today, <laughs> that's my fucking soulmate. I don't care who she is. <laughs> the kids, that, that's, that's my fucking dream, and I'll tip for it. All right. Um, so the point is, I want revisiting this Tommy Dutch. Uh, uh, if I can bring it full circle, like Tommy Dutch, I want to say I wanted to talk about tipping, and I don't know. I think people should tip less. That's how we have come full circle. <laughs> um, speaking of way, this is just a side note. Uh, so because you were mentioning like the local pizza places and stuff like that, there's a new pizza place that opened up in my neighborhood and they uh uh they sent a mail like old school mailer of like a glossy card you know advertising their new business and it looks pretty good but on the card it said open thursday through tuesday now listen i got a fucking i got a college degree tony i fucking learned days of the week early on if i tell you i stared at that thing for like a solid (laughs) three minutes trying to figure out what exactly they were trying to tell me that is the most convoluted way to say that you're closed on wednesdays that i've ever seen in my whole fucking life yep if you're closed one day a week just say that's the day you closed two days okay Maybe you can say open then till then. Three days certainly say we're open from Thursday through Sunday. Simple. Yeah, or or just do like, you know, Sunday to Tuesday, these hours, uh, you know, yep. Thursday to Saturday. Don't bring it around the horn. Thursday <laughs> to Saturday, I got to fucking go around the horn on that. And that's that really fucks with your brain. Like no normal place does yeah. that. So. That's just a weird side note to the heavenly pies that just opened up in my neighborhood. Um, all right. I, uh, I, I also uh, 
Hold on, let me look at my thing. Okay. He's got notes, people. I, uh, notes. He's getting got, old. He never used when to have I notes. Only, when I only have to, first of all, when I only do a show once a week, this is the best part about doing a show once a week, is that I can actually jot things down when I think about it. When I was doing a show three times a week, it's like it was just flop sweat fucking every episode. Like, here's hoping I ask the right question and Troy takes this bitch to the end zone for me <laughs> because I got nothing. It's too many shows. Um, I, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about my, uh, my recent trip home. There was some uh, interesting stuff. Now, this was uh, – so I went back to Tucson for – uh, for a weekend, a three-day weekend. And this is the first time I had gone home with all of the kids by myself as the only adult. Yep. Uh, my sister-in-law just it w- has, has now moved here from Alaska. Um, she was in route the weekend that I moved, and she was planning on getting here the Sunday that we came back. So my wife's like, well, I'm staying here. I want to get things ready because she's going to be staying uh, at the house for a little bit. So... I took all three kids and we flew because it's like a 50 minute flight as opposed to a six hour drive. And trust me, I'm never doing that six hour drive again. But I have to tell you, like I had gotten into the habit of when I went to visit my mom of staying in a hotel, mainly because my wife fucking refuses to stay at the house. Nothing against my mom, but it's not a particularly comfortable place. Like we're used to a king size bed they got a fucking full bed and it's squishy and then you get a kid that wakes up in the middle of the night they get in there and it was just it was a whole thing so we just started leaving the kids with my mom and then we would stay in a hotel and it was great but now that i'm the only adult like i'm not gonna stay in like that's at that some point it becomes insulting to my mother when i'm like no 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 no, no. i'm still staying in a hotel alone uh you deal with these children uh <laughs> but i will tell you i wish i had done it because it was it was fucking strange dude so first of all so i i end up staying in that full-size bed and again for one person it's not that bad even if uh even if a kid crawled in uh you know to to the bed it's not you know it's not a overly uh you know cramped situation but the pillow situation on this bed one pillow was like a pillowcase with maybe like three sheets of copy paper in it, all right? It was essentially a completely flat pillow. The other pillow was a cinder block in a pillowcase. It was like my neck was like this, cramped up the whole time. Like if it wasn't my mother's house, I would assume someone was fucking with me, that I was going to be on some kind of like a website where you prank people because that's how ridiculous the pillow situation is, all right? So that was the first thing. The second thing is my mom's partner has been dealing with cancer uh, for the past couple of years. And, you know, she, she finished up her treatments and here's hoping that everything goes well. But for pain management, she has started smoking weed. Nice. Now, yeah. Now, Love old lesbian weed smokers. They're the best. I mean, it's actually, it's more prevalent than you would think, but this isn't like leftover Birkenstock like hippies, like my no, mom doesn't oh, no, fuck no, with no. it at all. I, in fact, I wish she would. It might take the edge off of her a little bit. But, uh, you know, and I, you know, she didn't want to smoke in front of the kids, which I appreciate. So she would just go get high, like in her bedroom, just smoke. And meanwhile, the entire house smells like weed. It's not that big of a house. 
old house smells like weed. And then she'd like meander downstairs and make like crepes with Nutella and just like, you know, fucking full Seth Rogen, just like laugh while she's doing it. And it's just a very, again, everybody here is old. Like these are people, these are women in their sixties. I'm in my forties. Like the whole situation is very uncomfortable. Uh, but that's what it was in inside the house. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Tony, before I get to the next part of this, which is, have you ever noticed that about, like, either your parents or relatives or things like that? Like, as you've gotten older, you've realized, like, oh, shit, like, I thought this person was just kind of wacky. Turns out there's a fu- they're a fucking drunk or something like that. Um, not so much with my parents, like, but, yeah, there are people that I thought, oh, you're just an endearing character. You're not really an endearing character. Maybe in the younger days... Mm. You're better able to hold your liquor, but yeah, you you've you probably got problems that you're masking with alcohol. Like recently, right. I was at, at a wedding and I was catching up with people, and I'm like, "You used to be an interesting character, and you haven't changed that much." But I don't find you that interesting anymore. I kind of find you depressing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I yeah, certainly a- get what you're saying. It's all your favorite people, by the way. Everybody you loved as a kid, it turns out, was a fucking disaster. Yes. Yeah, we were drawn to those people because everybody sort of flirts with that. I agree. So the other the other weird thing that happened, and this is old people taking it in another direction. So my uh, my buddy who I grew up with uh, used to be my next door neighbor was once on behind the bricks. My buddy Mike, Uh, he uh, he happened to be coming to town with his two kids as well. Now any pythons again. No, no pythons, but I, uh, like his parents were like second parents to me. And they, they always had like a very weird dynamic in their house. So like, uh, his, his dad was like an old school, like blue dog liberal, like went to Berkeley, um, you know, like protested the Vietnam war, hated Nixon, like always really like sort of deep blue liberal. And his mom was a conservative, but a more like you know, what we would consider a compassionate conservative had like a lot of gay friends and, you know, every, every year they would adopt a family and she would want to uh, like adopt an immigrant family because she thought they needed the help a little bit more. So fiscally conservative, but, um, you know, but, but compassionate. Uh, and they used to have the best fights ever. Like every, every two years when an election cycle would roll around, they would, like, I would get to witness like these big fights. My favorite fight they ever had was, Um, There was an initiative on the Arizona ballot for dual lingual education, bilingual education. So, you know, you know, teaching in both English and Spanish. And she was very much against it. She felt that if you came here, you had to learn English and you had to learn in English. And he was for it mainly because he was a bilingual educator. (laughs) He taught in a school close to the border that catered to children who had English as a second language. It was his job. Yep. And she was like, no, I'm not voting for that. He's like, it's my fucking job. And, uh, and so that was, that was my favorite fight. This. I don't get why people vote against their self-interests. Once I become a millionaire, fucking yes, I'm going to vote Republican. Yes, I want zero taxes right. when mm. I get rich. But while I'm poor, which I'm always going to be poor, I'm always <laughs> right. wa- going to want a social safety net. Like, don't get voting against your own interests. And that's the same if you're working and there's something that can help you or your family, an initiative like that, you vote for it. Fuck your own personal morals. 
Fuck that bullshit. Self-interest wins. So this, what has ended up happening with them has been kind of interesting. So he retired, uh, you know, a few years, quite a few years ago. And then uh, she, she is, uh, she is very bad arthritis. Has had it the whole time I've known her. But um, over the past maybe five, six years, it's gotten very, very bad, and she's had some surgeries that have not gone well. And so she has essentially been bedridden for the last few years. And apparently, she has spent the bulk of those few years watching exclusively like Fox News and OAN because she has gone full MAGA, like just you know all the way, you know, pinned red, right? That's where she is. And now, you know, there's a lot of arguments to be had for people that are like, why are you arguing with people online? You're never going to change anybody's mind. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can change somebody's mind because that fucking Berkeley grad blue dog liberal after, after 50 years of her (laughs) nagging in his ear has gone that way too. This guy, this guy who was the most liberal dude, like, you know, older dude I had ever met is now absolutely full on QAnon, like, like, uh, you know, conservative. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. Right. So both of them now essentially are alone most of the time, except for maybe the twice a year that he comes to visit with the grandkids. And uh, and now and all they do is just, uh, you know, they're just full on bright red MAGA QAnon uh, conservatives. Now, the worst thing that could possibly happen to a person like that happened on this trip. My, uh, my buddy's uh, daughter, my goddaughter, has recently decided that she is no longer a goddaughter. And she came out as non-binary. It would have been better if she came out as literally any other thing. Come out as gay, come out as trans, anything. A clomper. The fact that it was yeah, a clomper, oh, they would have loved clomper. Came out as non-binary, and they were told on this trip. First of all, I was furious with my friend because the fact that he didn't invite me over for the conversation is infuriating. Like, he should have known this is the kind of shit I want to see in person. Uh, but it was unbelievable. I ended up going and visiting them. So he had been there for a few days and had already done it. Like as soon as they got there, because she now goes, they, excuse me, now go by another, another name. They changed their name. Um, and, uh, and I of course was, was fine with it, but like all I want, we, uh, me and him and his wife all went to dinner the first night I got there. And this was the only thing I wanted to talk about, <laughs> of, course. of course, and uh, like it was exactly as and and I had and I had maybe I had gone over a little early before dinner just to say hi to his parents because again I have known them my whole life and wanted to say hi to them, and like his dad was sitting there arms crossed just like mm. both of them refused to call them by their new name, kept calling them by their <laughs> like their birth name that they were given. Uh, and, uh, it was just, I mean, it felt terrible because this is like, this is a, a young, there's a, like a 14 year old person. Okay. So like they're, you know, they're, this has to be uncomfortable for them. And, uh, yep. and, and I can tell that, you know, that they, they don't, you know, they don't need more people shitting on them. Life's hard. It's tricky. 
Uh, but the, like just to have their grandparents just hammer, like they couldn't wait to use the old name. They couldn't wait to say she like it was amazing. Um, and uh, and I have to say, it, like it's so rare, like th- this doesn't. This doesn't happen as much as everyone in the media wants to make you think it's happening, right? Like, they will make you think that this is just running rampant and it's everywhere and there's all these kids and they're just, you know, confused and then, you know, liberals are making them cut their dicks off. And, like, that's yep. that's what that's what the media – the reality is it is really not that prevalent. But when it happens and you can actually witness it, it's both – and I'm just going to say it, it's both hilarious and heartbreaking at the exact same time. Yes. There's an amazing disconnect because obviously they didn't harbour or don't harbour any ill will to a lot of the other accepted um, LGBTQ <clears throat> community these days. But because this is the hot button issue, like being a homosexual right. male was in the 80s. That's now the thing they latch onto. That is now public enemy number one. And you a know, a million this- percent correct. It's just, it's just the political aspect. You're a hundred percent right. It has nothing to do with the social aspect because I've known this lady her whole life. Like she, even as a conservative, listen, my mom's gay has been the whole time that she's known this lady. So, and then she's never had an issue with my mom or, or anybody that she's been with. So it is not the social issue. It's strictly the political issue. And it's so fucked up that we cannot disassociate those two things. Yeah. And, and that's what it really comes down to. It's the hot button issue at the moment and that's what drives me crazy when action groups and it is action groups and and that that use these hot button issues and they hurt people by doing this so what if somebody wants to use a different fucking pronoun it's not that hard if it takes me two seconds to think what should i use speaking to this person that i respect because at the end of the day that person Whatever their moniker is, whether it's they, them, he, 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 him, or her, she, it doesn't fucking matter. Just have some respect for them as you've always had respect for them and they've probably treated you with respect. It's not that fucking hard and it's not an affront to you. It's got nothing to do with you. You're not living it every fucking day. And what I always felt was interesting is, right, um, for somehow... Like this new breed of conservatives have have convinced themselves that all of this, like everything that they're doing in these sort of social uh, aspects have to do with protecting children. And there's pedophile rings out there and all of these, which is true. Like that's the sad thing. Yep. It's like sex trafficking is real. Pedophiles yep. are fucking real. Yeah, all this shit's the real. Church. Right, exactly. But they've convinced themselves, right, that, that there's this like liberal cabal that's doing all of these sorts of things, yet... It seems to be these people that are overly consumed with, like, what kind of genitalia young people have. Who, who, who fucking, you know, young people might be fucking at some point in their lives. Like, that is fucked up. Stop yeah. thinking about it. Call, yeah. If they want to go by another name, call them by another name. Stop thinking about who they might fuck or what they might fuck with. Like, that's, a, that's an insane way of thinking. Yeah, it, 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 it really is. And... Yeah, and uh, I, I don't want to dunk on that only pedophiles come from the right because they, they come from everywhere. But it's not an organised fucking thing for the most part. 
And if you look at the elites that Jeffrey Epstein had around him, it wasn't liberal elites that had around him. It was just fucking elites. People right. are complex and there are murderers on the left and the right. And you know what? There are kitty fuckers on the left and the right. Um, if we're worried about their political persuasion, we're missing the fucking issue. We need to get these people out of society. It's not about um, where they stand on the political spectrum. Because uh, I can tell you what, Hillary Clinton, she doesn't bother drinking blood from newborn babies. Got to tell you. Sorry, not blood. Adrenochrome. I apologise. It's a fuse. It's a made-up substance from a Hunter S. Thompson um, novel. But to you on the right, I'm sure it's real. I'm sure it means a lot to you um, because it actually stops you from thinking about what you've been sucked into. And, I, you know, the, the, sort of the last word on this, you're 100% right. Like, there are people that uh, are otherwise great people. Like, I know this guy, super sweet guy. I've known him for a long time. I love him. Uh, you know, you know, sort of uh, longstanding liberal, you know, values. And then you, you think he's sort of a nice, helpful guy. And then recently he referred to the show to catch a predator as a dating show. And then everything just blew up. And that man's name was Tony. So there you go, everybody. You just go to show. You never know who to trust. All right. I think that's it. That's all I got. Uh, Tony, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? I don't even trust myself. So yeah, you shouldn't trust me. (laughs) All right, listen. Uh, thank you, guys. I, I hope uh, I, I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm glad that you hung in there for it. Uh, you know all the ways you can get involved with it: Discord, email, socials, whatever you want to do. Come find us. Uh, we will be back next week with Phobes. We're going to have some. Uh, uh, first of all, it's always just interesting to see what that guy's done in a month. I swear to God, for a guy that uh you know we've talked about before i don't know where all of his money comes from i don't know where but he seems to have a very full and interesting life he sure does so maybe he's involved in the australian cocaine trade although he's, he's his life wouldn't be so great right now because the cocaine wholesale prices have been chopped in half Oof, those bikies are hurting Oh, really? I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. So well, yeah, there's a real run on cocaine. So, you know, you're uh, our, a kilo. It was. So that's $200,000 a pound was the wholesale price in Australia, which is awful. Is high. that good or bad? That's super I was going to say, I am actually, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not that uh, well versed in the Coke prices, but it seems like a lot. Folks would be. He's always got some you know on hand. You know what I would do? I'd fucking go online. I'd read some reviews. I would find a reputable cocaine dealer. Yes. And I would not tip. And I would not tip him when he came to deliver the coke. Well, I would just take it. Yeah. Sorry to elongate this show. This is an old school move that I used to do all the time. But I wonder if that happens. Do you tip your dealer these days? Now I bet you do. I bet you do now. Well, what about weed shops? Uh, do you tip there? I've, I've never tipped at a weed shop. That I know of. Oh, maybe I have. I don't go to a lot. I'm not a big weed guy. Every couple of months I'll go because I like to have like some uh, some sleepy edibles on on hand. I, I always have like two jars of edibles and I and they keep them way too long so they lose their potency. But like I have one that like if I'm up late by myself and I just want to laugh really hard at a bad movie, 
I will take one edible. And then there's a second edible where if I just want to fall asleep immediately, <laughs> I will take the second edible. Uh, but the problem is with edibles, uh, and maybe we'll talk about this with Phobes, because I feel like for some reason, I feel like he's going to know a lot more about this. And, you, you know, you've this had some experience with this. This is more patching area. It is. But I, I, uh, I don't... I don't like edibles. Like the, the one time I got a couple pre-rolls and I smoked, I felt like I was so fucked up so fast that it freaked me out. But then edibles is the other way where like I have one and I, I'm just waiting forever. And I'm like, all right, I guess this has been on the shelf too long. They're not working. I'm going to take a second one and then I'm going to go in my room. And then suddenly I wake up at, you know, 1230 in the morning. I'm sweating and I'm wait. I'm fucking wasted. And I just, I don't, uh, I, I a lot of a lot of fun has passed me by. I guess is the point of the yeah. of this story. I'm just going to keep drinking bourbon and hoping that that uh, works for me. I maybe just seek some advice from somebody who like works at a college because um, like they they know how to dose themselves. So just saying. Hot tip. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Next week with Phobes. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, on the next uh, TAI V2. Goodbye.